0: It's Ryan Aber, he's been, Ryan, uh, thanks for coming on. I was just talking with Greg, you've been at the Oklahoma in, what, over 10 years, right?
1: Yeah, it's been uh, almost 15 now, October of 2006. So it's uh, been quite a while.
0: Yeah, and you know, for those that are listening that might not know, the Oklahoman has all of the inside scoop on all of the big news that happens regarding Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I know you guys have been all over this all day. What a huge news day. And this has been a conversation, it seems to come up, I was, you know, joking earlier every couple of years, but how legitimate is this report that we're he- hearing today?
1: Well, it certainly seems like there's at least a, a little bit of uh, fire there beneath all the smoke, especially when you look at the the uh, statement that OU put out uh, just a little bit ago that uh, was really short and really sweet, just... Uh, The college athletics landscape is shifting constantly. We don't address every anonymous rumor. So they didn't deny anything. And same thing with what the the Texas president told uh, our our sister paper down in Austin, the American Statesman, which is pretty much uh, we're we're not going to address uh, these rumors uh, e- even though uh, it- it's certainly sort of uh, taken the college football world uh, by storm this afternoon.
0: Yeah, it seems like nobody's certainly not confirming it, but they're not really denying it either. Uh, why do you think this is coming out now, today?
1: Well, uh, uh, not sure exactly why it's coming out today, but uh, you know, as these TV deals get closer and closer to their end, it becomes, uh, one, uh, important for these schools to look toward the future, and and certainly, especially on OU's case, they've had some uh, uh, things about the Big 12 that have, they haven't been uh, especially happy with, and you don't have to look uh, any farther than that game against Nebraska that's coming up here in a couple months. Uh, the 11 a.m. start time really uh, was not something that Joe Castiglione was really happy about, especially given how many... 11 a.m. kicks they've had at home uh, in recent years. Uh, so I, I think that the timing is much more about uh, the, the year and these everything uh, coming to an end and it becoming much more palatable to leave the Big 12 when you talk about the grant of rights extensions and, and things like that uh, monetarily uh, than it would have been uh, even a couple of years ago. And the fact that they've got to give 18 months notice uh, e- even if they want to leave. So that uh, that time uh, is, is quickly approaching, even when you look at the end of this TV deal and the grant of rights deal, which expires at the same time.
0: Talking with Ryan Aber of the Oklahoman, uh, Ryan, and the news kind of coming out that potentially the college football playoff could expand to 12 teams. The 14 playoff right now, I mean, Oklahoma's got a pretty good gig where they've got, you know, they've been in the playoffs several times, but... You know, how much do you feel like maybe this talk of it expanding to 12 teams is maybe playing into this could be still be beneficial for Oklahoma as well?
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I think that uh, pre expansion, it would be hard to see why OU would want to leave that when you talk about specifically just football uh, and their path to the playoffs. But with expansion, it becomes much more likely that uh, multiple, uh, and, and even more than multiple, you know, a handful of SEC teams wind up making that playoff most years. And you know, maybe OU says, well, hey, maybe we not, might not be the uh, number one or two seed quite as often, but we can make it uh, much more often in the SEC, added with the, uh, the monetary benefit of the SEC payouts versus what they're getting now. Uh, in, in the uh, the Big Twelve, and the, those deals uh, for the third the rights uh, it, it, becoming shorter in, in years as well. Uh, be everything it makes uh, sort of combines to lead OU to a point where where they can even consider uh, making this jump uh, to the SEC.
0: As soon as I saw the news, I hopped on and listened to some sports talk radio uh, in Oklahoma, <laughs> and it seems like fans this time around are more accepting to the move. You know, you, you heard some people talking about uh, renewing their season tickets, the potential having different opponents coming into Norman. Have you kind of got a sense that it's uh, maybe a little bit more going to be accepted by fans this time around?
1: Yeah, it seems like it. And, and, you know, I think there are a lot of people who were accepting of, of a potential move um, to the Pac-12 a few years ago. When that uh, built up steam, but there were a lot of people even then who were saying, "Well, I'd rather it be the SEC if they're going to make a move." So now, with this uh, talk picking up steam, I think there's a lot of people that are very excited about it because, if nothing else, when you look at OU's schedule, which never includes Texas in Norman, uh, which ta- so that takes out a, a big marquee potential marquee opponent at home for the Sooners. Uh, and, and, yes, Bedlam is big when it, it comes to Norman. You know, We've seen Iowa State become more and more prevalent over the last few years. But inside the conference, there's not a whole lot of just marquee matchups for the Sooners that they were able to get at home. And if you look at the SEC with the potential realignment that would have Missouri uh, going over into the west and uh, Alabama and Auburn into the east, Uh, to make room for for Texas and uh, and Oklahoma, potentially, you know, you've got a schedule that would include, you know, Arkansas fairly fairly regularly. It would include LSU, uh, especially, uh, fairly regularly. So, uh, and and then Texas A&M, who the Sooners are are really familiar with, obviously. So, the potential home schedule and the way that you can sell it to your fans it uh, gets a whole lot more attractive with uh, a potential move to the SEC.
0: Where does Oklahoma State factor into this? Because I was kind of remembering a couple of times that these talks happened that Oklahoma and Oklahoma State had to stick together.
1: Yeah, that's going to be tricky. And there's no official law or anything like that that would tie them uh, to sticking together. But certainly legislatures and legislators in the state can make it difficult uh, for uh, for the Sooners to make a move without the Cowboys, potentially. I think two things could go into that to, to make it a little bit more palatable for them, though. Uh, the first is Oklahoma State finding a, a decent spot to land, which is also why I think that OSU might be a little bit more uh, willing uh, to negotiate as far as buyouts and things like that when it comes to OU and, and Texas in the Big 12 if they're guaranteed a spot among power five uh, conferences or, or just power conferences, whether they wind up being four or five after the fact. And, and then the other thing would be uh, signing a long-term deal to keep Bedlam an annual rivalry. I think if that happens, which you would expect it to, but we've seen some rivalries that we expected to go on forever come to an end in, in uh, OU and Nebraska, uh, with Nebraska's move uh, a decade ago, a little bit more than a decade ago, and then Texas and Texas A&M, the same thing. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's any, or there isn't any, legislative uh, demand for it. But certainly, there's going to be some things raised uh, if those couple of uh, assurances aren't made uh, to them and to Oklahoma State.
0: Visiting with Ryan Aber of the Oklahoma in Oklahoma City. And Ryan, I've, I've talked to a few people around here about just the disappointment level and then 11 a.m. kickoff between Oklahoma and Nebraska in Norman this year. The disappointment is very real on that end, right? I mean, it was brought up at Big 12 Media Days with Bob Bowlesby addressing it, that, hey, we signed this TV deal, but it was a it, people were very disappointed that that game time was set for 11 a.m.,
1: yeah, no doubt about it. I got a chance to chat with uh, Joe Castiglione at the Border Regents meeting that was that happened later that day after the announcement, and you know you could sense in his statement there was quite a bit of frustration. But talking to him about some of the specific frustrations, one about having this happen repeatedly for marquee games, and two about everything that they had planned around OU Nebraska, they wanted to, to honor. That 1971 team, both the OU team and the Nebraska team, and those players that were involved, and there, was, well, there are going to be a lot of them in town, they wanted to do a lot of that stuff the morning of the game and, and right before and things like that. And uh, an 11 a.m. kick just doesn't leave enough time to do everything that they wanted. So some of that stuff is going to move to, to uh, less attractive options like uh, Friday night or after the game. And I think it's going to take a little bit of shine off the game. It's still going to be a, a fantastic uh, a renewal of what was uh, one of college football's best rivalries. But there is a lot of disappointment uh, around OU with the, the way that this game was chosen and the fact that it was, uh, it's, it's chosen to start at 11 a.m.
0: You know, former players at Oklahoma get amped talking about this rivalry and some of the, you know, matchups that have taken place in the past. But do the current players understand the magnitude of this rivalry, what it, what it used to be?
1: I think there's some that do. The guys that, that are in the state are the guys that uh, uh, are sort of students of college football and are able to look beyond just their own experiences growing up and, and what they watched uh, do. But a lot of them don't. I think a lot of them don't have any sense of just what this rivalry uh, was and how important it was in the, the grand scheme of college football. But I think a lot of them are are going to figure it out, whether it be from uh, you know studying on their own, or I'm sure that the, the coaches and, and everybody around the program are going to instill in them just how big the game is, just with... Everything else that's going to go on around the game, like I mentioned, all the the honoring of the 1971 teams and the 50th anniversary of that game. I think there's a lot of guys who are going to learn uh, a lot more about this rivalry that they didn't know going in.
0: Do you expect the crowd even at 11 a.m. to be pretty rocking?
1: Oh yeah, there, there's no doubt about it. You know, who knows what the, the student section will be like? <laughs> uh, because sometimes that's a little slow going at 11 a.m. coming off uh, uh, Friday nights in Norman. But uh, the rest of the crowd, I think, especially some of the older folks who maybe aren't the ones who usually get the place rocking, I think they're going to be awfully fired up to see Nebraska back on that field and this rivalry uh, back as part of college football, even if it's just for a couple years.
0: Well, I'm excited to come back, even being on the uh, opposing sideline, because I do think it's going to be an uh, awesome atmosphere, because I keep telling people about how excited the Oklahoma fans have been that this— Game is even happening, even despite the 11 a.m. kickoff.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. It's it's going to be fun. You know, someone who grew up around uh, this area and, and looking at that game as sort of, uh, you know, one of the pinnacle games of college football. And that's a different kind of rivalry, as you know, Jessica, between uh, the OU and Texas rivalry, where there's a lot of bitterness on each side, the Bedlam rivalry that a lot of people on the OU side don't even claim as a rivalry Uh, and then the Nebraska rivalry, which is much more about respect and uh, admiration for, for each other's programs than I think uh, any of the other ones for the Sooners for sure.
0: Well, Ryan, uh, last thing for you, how are you going to chase this uh, rumor down about this conference realignment? What's next for you guys at the Oklahoma I know you'll be all, all over it.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just trying to talk to as many people who are in positions to know things as possible. And, uh, Not a whole lot of those phone calls getting answered today. I don't know if it's because of uh, folks not wanting to talk, be on vacation, things like that. But uh, there also hadn't been a whole lot of denials, like I said. So it's going to be a really interesting few days. And hopefully, uh, you know, we'll get some resolution to it at some point before too long. But it's certainly made for what was going to be a quiet Wednesday uh, into something much, much different than that for sure.
0: We'll give Ryan a follow on Twitter to stay up on all of this news, to stay on top of all of it, because the Oklahoman will be one of the first to break any kind of news that happens. He's at R-Y-A-B-E-R, Ryan Aber on Twitter. Ryan, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate your insight.